Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the As I See It podcast here today with another episode of Barca Base and here to bring you the match review and reaction for what was one of our biggest clashes of the season. One of the biggest clashes in world football, of course, El Clasico. This time we were playing away from home. Real Madrid already beat us in the previous fixture in the league um, and in fact have beaten us two um, consecutive times prior to this game. So uh, it was a must-win game. I mean, more than anything, it was a must-win game because of the implications of the final scoreline. You know, if we are to lose, it puts us almost down and out in the title race um whereas if we are if we were to win it puts us very much in the driving seat um a draw wasn't the worst uh outcome but ultimately a win was what was needed but unfortunately we were unable to do it we lost 2-1 away from home to Real Madrid goals for Real Madrid coming from Karim Benzema and Tony Cruz uh, and the goal for Barcelona coming from Oscar Mingueta, his first senior goal for Barcelona, um, and it comes in El Clasico. So, I mean, not the best, not the not the worst way to score your uh, your first Barcelona goal, but ultimately it counted for nothing as we came away with the loss. Really, really, really disappointing, frustrating uh, night. I mean. Ugh. I mean, let's, we'll talk all about the game, okay, as we always do. But first and foremost, let's get into the Barcelona lineup, um, which ultimately, formation-wise, uh, I'll say, played perfectly into the hands of Real Madrid. I think uh, Zinedine Zidane outthought, outfought, and uh, set out his team in a manner that was far superior to Ronald Koeman, uh, ultimately. But this was the Barcelona lineup going with the 3-5-2 formation. We had Marc-Andre Ter Stegen in goal. Uh, a return to the back line for Ronald Arajo, um, and alongside him was Clement Longley and Oscar Mingueza. Then we had three midfielders. Back to the three in midfield, we had Sergio Busquets, Frankie de Jong, and Pedri. Then we had the two wingers almost, or, or you know, wing backs in uh, Serginho Dest on the right and Jordi Alba on the left. Uh, and then we had two up front, Lionel Messi and Ousmane Dembele. Uh, this was my preferred lineup. Um, this was what I craved prior to seeing the, the choices that Ronald Koeman made. But ultimately, we are left asking questions of the 3-5-2 system. This played perfectly into Real Madrid's hands. The way that Zinedine Zidane set his team uh, out was very smart. He had Fede Valverde uh, join the starting 11. Um, and then he had two, you know, up-front players, if you will, in Karim Benzema and Vinicius Jr. But what he did with Fede Valverde is when Barcelona, uh, sorry, when, uh, well, yeah, when Barcelona had possession, Fede Valverde would drop back in to the midfield and then they would have four in midfield and really, you know, use that to, to get bodies behind the ball, soak up all the pressure. And it just so happened that today Barcelona couldn't pass to save their life, it seemed like, especially in that first half. But when Barcelona had possession, they were trying to break down Real Madrid. Real Madrid just stood resolute. They brought Fede Valverde back into the equation, into the midfield, soaked up all the pressure. And then... 
when Real Madrid got hold of uh, possession, he moved out onto that right wing and it meant that uh, they were just exploiting Barcelona's back three uh, time and time again throughout that game. With the pace of Vinicius on the left, they had the option of Fede Valverde on the right and they had Karim Benzema running riot down the middle as well. So it worked an absolute treat and major credit to Zinedine Zidane for masterminding that before the game. This is now the second game in the in a row that the 3-5-2 formation has somewhat failed us and had to be changed for the second time in a row at halftime. Uh, Ronald Koeman opting to move to a 4-3-3 after the first half, just like he did in the game against Via the Lead. So that is something that we now need to actually take a look at. Is this 3-5-2 um, formation a one-size-fits-all for Barca where we're going to just play it in every game? Or do we need to handpick? Do we need to carefully select the games in which we believe this formation will ultimately prove the best for um, for Barcelona today and against Real Valladolid in the previous game that was not the case it really wasn't uh, it left us very much exposed at the back and also Real Madrid because of all that all the men that they had behind the ball when they didn't have possession for for Usmane Dembele to be effective he needs space he needs space to operate in whether that's ball to feet he needs space to turn and run he needs space he can't be that type of player to play with his back to goal and that is exactly what he was forced to do in the uh, first half of this game he was up front he wasn't being set th uh, free with any balls because there was very little space in behind they were very compact very deep uh, and they had so many players behind the ball like I said Real Madrid so they were forcing Barcelona to play it to Dembele in areas that he couldn't really do a lot with uh, and the system definitely did not benefit him in that in that way and we weren't able to to kind of set him up for the brightest of games but I mean still it wasn't good enough Barcelona's passing was borderline horrendous in that first half it really 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 was so let's get into the game um we'll run through it now i actually thought barcelona started kind of positively um i was quite happy to, to be fully honest with you uh, i think there were a few nervy moments yes in in that first kind of 10 minutes but i think we had the majority of the the control within the game and just as i started to think that this is actually looking kind of good for barcelona bam we go one nil down um and that good structure that kind of seemed to be in the first 10 minutes for barcelona uh, it was completely gone as jordi alba stepped out of um a more defensive role to try and go and meet the ball and tackle uh the ball off of the Real Madrid player um, in a more advanced position but he completely fails once again proving his inadequacies as a defensive footballer going forward yes he's very good at times but defensively he is below average and isn't good enough ever really um he as I said ventures out of that kind of more defensive back uh, uh, more defensive role that he was playing at that at that moment tries to meet the ball and win it but doesn't and what happens then well it allows acres and acres of space for Vasquez to roam forward in um he got uh forward there and, and Fede Valverde stayed back in that in that situation um Vasquez was playing as a right back so that was also the 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 kind of mastermind approach from Zinedine Zidane by having uh Fede Valverde 
him and Vasquez could interchange. When Vasquez went forward, Fede Valverde, sorry, could cover and drop deeper and it just worked a treat for them. But that is exactly what happened in this case. As I said, Jordi Alba tries to meet the ball in a more advanced position, doesn't. Therefore, it allows the ball to be given to Vasquez in acres and acres of space, lots in which he can roam forward and he has time and space of the... Upmost to pick out a pass as he whips it in to Benzema, who manages to get in front of, get ahead of Araujo, and he backheels it superbly past Mark Andre Tostegan. Questions as to whether Tostegan could have done a little bit better? I don't know. I don't think he expected uh, Benzema to backheel it, but ultimately it crept past him. He did get a hand to it though, so may- perhaps he could have done a little better, but in the end, he didn't. I think Jordi Alba and Araujo were both at fault for this. First, Jordi Alba for trying to meet the ball when it was just not necessary. You're actually creating more danger when you do that. Um, and then Araujo for allowing Benzema to get ahead of him um, and, and you know, therefore be in a position in which he could cause Barcelona damage. Um, but that's to take nothing away from the Benzema finish because it was absolute class. He is an underrated striker and has been for a long, long time. He's been doing his thing, going about his business quietly, but he is a solid, solid striker. Um, And here's a question for you listeners at home. Do you think he's one of the top three strikers in the world right now? Let me know. Let me know on uh, the Barcelona-themed Instagram page that I run. I post lots of insights. I'm doing more of them now. Almost every single post is is a, a talkative one, an insight one, um, where I share my thoughts and my my opinions. Uh, so head over to at Barca Base Official. That's where you can let me know if you think Benzema is uh, one of the top three strikers in the world right now. And also you can check out some of the posts um, I post regularly, regularly. Um, and also posting some cool quizzes and and uh, and posing a lot of questions to my followers on there as well so definitely head over to instagram it's at barca base official if you didn't know already but that was one nil to real madrid and um it was it was a great finish as i said from benzema but such an avoidable goal from barcelona's perspective by Jordi Alba rushing out to try and meet the ball unnecessary that could have been stopped therefore it allowed uh, Vasquez to just exploit the, sp- the the space and he had time to pick out the, the ball into the middle this is the issue now we're, we're playing a lot of young players we have Araujo in there we have Serginio Des we have Mingueta we, had Ped- we have Pedri even Dembele is a, is a young player that has had a lot of time at the club so we won't include him there um, and I don't really view Frankie De Jong in that when I'm talking about youngsters youngsters I think of the players in the squads uh, Pedri Mingueta Araujo and Des four youngsters there they are essentially learning on the job right and Unfortunately, the more experienced players a lot of the time aren't quite carrying them through games and they, by proxy, the youngsters are making mistakes. As I said, they're learning on the job. They will make mistakes. But with four youngsters, right, with four youngsters, uh, three of them in the back line. It is almost a little bit of a recipe for disaster. Now, listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't play them. I think we should play them. As I said, this was my preferred starting lineup. Um, but it comes with the territory in a way. They are going to make mistakes. Today, they did. Dest was bad. 
very bad. He came off at half-time. Um, Mingueza was good, actually. He was one of the better players for Barcelona, if not actually the best player uh, today for Barcelona. Araujo, uh, he wasn't too bad. I mean, he was, <laughs> just the back line um, was being exploited so much by the way that Real Madrid set up and the way that we naively set up, I think, um, that, yeah, again, it didn't set him up for... Uh, the biggest of uh, triumphs. But Pedri, man, this was one of, if not the, wor- uh, the worst game in a Barcelona shirt that I've seen him have. Um, really poor from Pedri. His passing wasn't... And I just... I mean, I've said it so many times, and I'm not talking about in a game of this magnitude, but Pedri has played essentially every game at this point, right? He's played so many minutes, right? For the love of all things holy... Right? Give the man a rest. Pooch is on the bench. That they really, I don't think they could be a better substitution for Pedri than Ricky Pooch. Right? We have to be giving him a rest in some games. We have to be at least taking him off in some games. Right? But he's playing game in, game out, game in, game out. By the end of the se- uh, the season, he'll be lucky if he he uh, if he if he hasn't I don't know like lost the ability to lose his legs the amount he's using them being so young so inexperienced at the highest level and he is absolutely magnificent such a good player today he wasn't unfortunately and I do think that is a combination of the way Real Madrid set up the way that they were playing they were very good but also because of the amount of minutes he's played. Every game further is an extension of his abilities. And he needs to be the sharpest he can possibly be to execute them in a manner that is suitable to a successful Barcelona midfield. We need to be giving him rest. We're not. And then what happens is when you don't give him rest, you play him in one of the biggest games we have against Real Madrid. But because he's so tired... He's forced to come off, um, you know, he came off in the 81st minute, but it was clear, it was clear for Barcelona that this was a poor, poor game for him. In the big, big games, he's he's the most tired when he's required to do the most running, play the hardest against the top, top oppositions as Real Madrid, against Europe's elite. His legs aren't as fresh as they can be. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And the, my biggest, biggest issue with Ronald Koeman, right, is is essentially that and the fact that he doesn't put any goddamn trust in Ricky Pooch when he deserves almost more trust than anyone in the squad. From what he has given to Barcelona, the, the loyalty, the effort, the passion, the intensity, the love just to see it just be thrown back in his face in this way is really difficult to just see game in, game out, you know? It really, really was. But after that goal, we were playing and looking very flustered. Um, and it was just culminating in us losing possession so easily. You know? Uh, we were Our passing was, was so blunt. Whereas Real Madrid was razor sharp, and that was the difference. Barcelona, the way we, we are playing, especially in this three-five-two system, you know, we're trying to break teams down through the passing. We're trying to just, you know, get their legs in a twist and play through them. If our passing isn't sharp, we have no chance, no chance in hell of doing that. <sighs> 
none. And just like that, it's calamity for Barcelona as we find ourselves 2-0 down from a free kick. A free kick that was taken by Tony Cruz and took a big wicked deflection off Serginio Dest as he turns his back as he jumps in the wall. Number one rule if you're part of, part of a wall. You do not, you do never, ever do that. Dest is young, yes, sure. But that is unacceptable completely unacceptable you never do that in a wall you have to be prepared to take a ball to the face if you're lining up in that wall however the deflection completely wrong foots Tristegen and Jordi Alba was on the line the ball came directly to his head and he couldn't even head it off the line I'm confused why is he there why is he there once more defending from Dest and Jordi Alba was Piss poor. Really, really was. And we found ourselves 2-0 down. The goal counting uh, as Tony Cruz's because it was at least on target, so they gave him the goal. But the deflection just just completely... I mean, I, I don't want to be too harsh on such a youngster, but that I mean, he should know better. If you're in a wall, you do not turn your back as you jump. You don't. But from that moment, it seemed like Real Madrid were defending with all 11 men behind the ball. Um, and they were just going to be tough. They were going to be resilient. They were going to be resolute. And they were just waiting to play on the break and on the counter, in which they found themselves able to do far more e uh, easily than I would have uh, would have liked, that's for sure. But it was going to be extremely difficult to get back in the game. The way that they were set up, they were just soaking up all our pressure. They were able to transition very quickly and effectively into a break, into a counter-attack. And we were struggling to just make the simplest of passes and it looked very very bad for Barcelona at that point and I, I felt that the system needed changed I was saying it in the first half I wrote in my notes you know Dembele is is once again just like in the first half against Valladolid completely nullified up front as he isn't afforded any space to run into and that system change was needed because we had to have him picking up the ball in space for him to be his most effective um, we were being completely exploited at the back time and time again Vinicius finding his way through that back line far too easily and far too often and once he was in that position he had options his final ball uh, ultimately was uh, the source of Real Madrid not scoring more goals I mean on a number of occasions um, but we were completely exploited at the back and I felt that we needed to go to that 4-3-3 formation as we just weren't sharp enough um, and we were being exploited with that back three too often um and yeah i mean real madrid actually went on and hit the post uh off of another quick counter-attack just easily easily cutting through barcelona like a hot knife through butter um and it was it was far too far too easily uh easy sorry then we saw one moment the first of two penalty shouts for barcelona i believe uh where dembele goes into the box and uh mendy he clips dembele's leg when the ball's not really anywhere near uh, Dembele and it would have been um, one of the most softer penalties to be fully honest with you I don't even know what 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 a penalty is anymore I don't know what like we've seen such a variation of penalties given such a variation in, in the amount of contact needed on a player uh, to be given as a penalty once he goes down I'm not sure where we stand 
anymore, you know? And I don't also, I don't know what is happening with VAR in Spain, but as a viewer, we're not even seeing when it goes to VAR. I'm not even sure if that that uh, penalty shout there w- went to VAR. It didn't look like it did because we didn't get that little, you know, that little box that says VAR check. We I didn't see any of that unless they looked at it and didn't put that on the, on the screen. But ultimately it was waved away. I think that could have been a penalty. There were two penalty shouts. I actually think that was the far more likely of the two. But VAR didn't even seem to look at it. Then just prior to the end of that first half, Messi hits the post off of a direct corner. Uh, that would have been unbelievable. And that was actually the closest we came from a corner. From a direct corner was the closest we came to scoring all game. Goodness me. Barcelona's passing was shocking. We were trying to unlock the whole Real Madrid team as they had everybody behind the ball. And we were trying to just play our way to that perfect goal. And we weren't getting anywhere near it. We needed to shoot at times. We couldn't... I mean, we were constantly overplaying it because we just weren't sharp enough. And uh, yeah, it really felt like the majority of the team had forgotten how to pass. System change was needed in the second half. And I wrote here, prior to the half ending, I expect Griezmann to come on and Dest to go off uh, and revert to a 4-3-3 so we could see Dembele attack the back line from an angle from the wing. And that is exactly what happened in the second half. The, the half time. Uh, whistle was blown halftime came and went and we did see that change so Genio Dest off and Antoine Griezmann on that meant we went back to a 4-3-3 and for this moment we had Jordi Alba left back we had a centre-back partnership of Longley and Arajo and we, ho- uh, and we saw sorry Mingueza uh, as the right back ah <sighs> the conditions began to worsen um, in that second half they <laughs> were quite something the players were literally shivering it was unbelievable uh players were absolutely drenched it looked like they'd honestly just been dipped in the north atlantic sea and then been put back onto the playing field they were drenched from head to toe uh the rain was i mean it was difficult for me to actually see the game uh, let alone the players able to play it so that was one of those things where i thought you know whose hands is this going to play into what are these conditions going to uh, who's uh what team is this condition going to um be an advantage for and I felt for Barcelona to use it as an advantage what they needed to do is when they got into kind of promising positions whether that be kind of on the wing or whatever is to just put searching balls in there you know kind of ask questions of that defense because even if they feel like they can head it away one of them may slip it was super slippy the rain was pelting down they may miss something they may not quite see it um, and that I felt was what would give us the uh, advantage with this weather if we were able to do that. And ultimately, that is kind of how the goal came. A ball whipped in from Jordi Alba on that left-hand side. Griezmann jumps over it and it falls somehow to Mingueza, who scores in the oddest fashion I've seen. It's not a clear hit. But ultimately, a goal is a goal. A goal is exactly what we needed, exactly what the doctor ordered. And that put Barcelona kind of back in the game it was 2-1 at that time um and super happy for Mingueza that was his first senior goal for Barcelona um and yeah great to see him get it in El Clasico and it really gave Barcelona hope from that moment forth we gathered momentum um but 
the problem was with the more m- momentum we gathered and the more players we pushed forward to try and search and hunt for that second goal on the counter we c- became even more vulnerable than usual Vinicius once again was let free completely uh, in in the uh, in our attacking third no one there to kind of defend and it was his final ball to Benzema who was square that let him down uh, ultimately Araujo was uh, able to to um to kind of poke it away just because the pass wasn't quite good enough for Benzema from Vinicius Jr. But I mean the good thing of having Araujo and Mingueza in that defense is that they are so quick. So even if we are getting caught out on the break, at least they can, you know, somewhat get back. Whereas if you had PK there, it's it's not it's not looking great to me, to be fully honest. But um but yeah. It's, it's a shame. And then coming into the final uh, few minutes or the final minutes of that second half, we were really, really pushing for a goal. We were trying to, um, I mean, this season we've actually done quite well for late goals and, and uh, we were trying to kind of make lightning strike, uh, I would say twice, I mean, two games in a row, get another late goal. Um, and there was big, big controversy. The players absolutely flew uh, to surrounding the goal um, the referee sorry as Braithwaite was pulled down in the box by Ferla Mendy um, following a Jordi Alba chance the ref said no straight away quickly and again I have no clue if VAR even checked it a lot of Barcelona fans extremely extremely angry um, as that was not given as a penalty I think it would have been incredibly harsh he does put his hands on Braithwaite Braithwaite goes down far too easy Easily. Uh, and what's frustrating for me is that I almost wished it. Well, I kind of wish Braithwaite didn't go down because if he'd stayed on his feet, Barcelona were, were in a very promising position that he could have just turned, put the ball back in, and and fashioned a good opportunity. Ultimately, he decided to go down on minimal, minimal contact. I would be very angry if that was given as a penalty against Barcelona. I really would, and that's how I try to gauge whether a penalty is a penalty. I think if that was given against me, would I be okay with it? Um, and I think I would be incredibly incredibly angry on that one so personally I don't really feel like that's a penalty it could have been given because of the penalties we've seen given in the past that is what I what I say you know I don't understand what a penalty is anymore I mean what level of contact is necessary before going down I've really seen penalties being given for even less than that so I just don't get it at this point but one thing I want to know is whether VAR is looking at it and that was not clear to me throughout this game one or two final twists uh, before the final whistle went. One of them was that there were two quick yellow cards in consecutive fashion for Casimiro, and he was actually sent off in the 90th minute of play. Um, ultimately, that didn't really affect Real Madrid because, well, one, it was in the 90th minute of play, uh, and two, because there were only four minutes of added time uh, added um, added to the game. And that is uh, one thing that... A lot of Barca fans are very, very frustrated about. Uh, there were a lot of stoppages in the game. There really was. I believe there was like nine substitutions. The referee had a problem with his his uh, microphone. He had to get it kind of sorted at the sideline. There was a red card. There was a bunch of stoppages. Um, and ultimately, only four minutes added on. Uh, Komen was also complaining about that after the game. Uh, and I can understand the, the frustration there. And then in the final, literally the final seconds of the game, what was one of the last kicks of the game, Ming, um, sorry, Moriba, who had entered the pitch at this time, 
took a shot on the half volley and hit the crossbar before the referee blew the game to a halt and blew the final whistle, which meant it was 2-1 to Real Madrid and Real Madrid go to the top of La Liga t- of the La Liga table. Now one point ahead of Barcelona with the same amount of games played. Atletico Madrid, however, they play tomorrow. They have one game in hand until they play tomorrow, of course. And they are now joint uh, top with Real Madrid, but have the chance to go three ahead of Real Madrid and four ahead of Barcelona. So it makes our... Uh, our title charge look well. We look pretty much da- down and out now. Um, we still have to play Ath- Atletico Madrid. We have a tough run of fixtures. One of the toughest runs of fixtures, really, um, and until the end of the season. Uh, from the, f- if you look at the top three uh, clubs, but I mean, listen. What can you do? Ultimately, we aren't good enough yet. We're really not. Uh, I think... Listen, Messi was not good enough today. Once again, Dembele hasn't had a good game against a top European side since he joined Barcelona. Name me one, honestly. And don't talk about Sevilla because you know what I mean when I mean a top European side. Talking about Champions League, uh, you know... Opposition, I guess. <sighs> Ultimately, extremely, extremely frustrating night for Barcelona and one that all but puts them out of the title race. We now completely depend on uh, other teams dropping points. It's not in our hands anymore. It was shortly, it was short-lived that it was in our hands. We aren't able to rely on ourselves right now, so therefore we rely on other teams dropping points. And we'll have to see what happens until the end of the La Liga season. It still is possible, but it's looking less and less likely by the minute. Um, to be honest, we had nine games prior to this uh, game tonight, this El Clasico. We had nine games. And we'd already not lost a game since the turn of the year. So I think to expect Barcelona to go those nine games unbeaten... <sighs> It was a very tall order and not one that I thought Barcelona could achieve, especially when you consider we ha- we have to play Real Madrid, which we did tonight, and Atletico Madrid in those uh, what were nine games. Now, eight games remaining of the La Liga calendar. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see where it all ends up now. I think a crucial, crucial match will be next week's Copa del Rey final. If we stumble there... Uh, we really need to win that game. We just really, really, really need to win that game. Um, what a frustrating night. Super, super, super upset by the result. I really felt like... Uh, I, I don't know. I just I really didn't know how to, how to really feel about Barcelona coming into this game because Real Madrid played so well against Liverpool midweek in the Champions League um, and Barcelona played so poorly against Valladolid at the, the weekend. So it was difficult. But we all know in, in Clásicos that form almost goes out the window in a sense. Uh, just two of the biggest teams in, in world football going head-to-head. Um, and today, for the third time in a row... Real Madrid get the better of us. That's the first time since 1977-78 season that Real Madrid have consecutively won three El Clasicos. Um, Man, super frustrating. Super, super, super frustrating. I'll read you, uh, if you don't follow uh, my Barca Base official account on Instagram... 
you should. Uh, but I will read you what I wrote as my post-match uh, review. I said, better second half, but the game was ultimately lost in the first 30 minutes. This is now the third consecutive El Clasico loss for Barcelona. The first time that has happened since 1977-78 season. Destin Jordi Alba may offer a lot at times in the attack, but defensively, once again, they prove their inadequacies. The back three has failed us for the second game in a row now, played right into Real Madrid's hands. We have been ripped wide open time and time again on the counter, and we're lucky Real Madrid only scored two, if we're being honest, thanks to some last-ditch defending and some poor final balls. Zidane outthought Coman tonight. He set his team up brilliantly, and it worked like a charm. Second half, once again, like the game against Valladolid, we went back to the 4-3-3, but lightning doesn't strike twice and we couldn't turn the scoreline around, despite Mingueta picking up the fir- his first senior goal for Barca. Coman subbing in Roberto after not properly playing for months when we have the likes of Pooch on the bench. What can you even say? Messi not good enough. Dembele hasn't performed against a top team in Europe since joining the club. And don't chat to me about Sevilla. You know the calibre I'm talking about. Ultimately, we are still unable to beat top European outfits, but hopefully we are heading to achieving such feats in the uh, in the next season. I mean, Real Madrid actually went ahead and rested their top players for the second leg against Liverpool in the latter stages of the game. What does that tell you? In terms of the La Liga race, Real Madrid are now a point ahead, athletic uh, a point ahead of us, and Atletico have the opportunity to go four points clear of us tomorrow. Looking like we are down and out as we once again are relying on others dropping points as we are unable to rely on ourselves. Super disappointing result, but such is football. We aren't good enough yet. And that's ultimately my take on the game. Um, I don't think Coman set the team up well enough today. I think, as I said, uh, Zidane got the better of the two managers. Um, I think... I'll talk about it at a different time, but I really disagree with Coman continually putting more faith in Moriba than than Pooch when Pooch has done more to showcase um, or to prove his worth for Barcelona than than uh, Moriba has. Don't get me wrong, I like Moriba. Um, I don't think he's really broken into stride yet, uh, but I'm always happy when a La Masia player gets uh, playing time and comes through the ranks. But... <sighs> I don't understand why Coman doesn't at least give them both, you know, somewhat equal opportunities to showcase what they can offer to the team. Um, it's it's not right. It, it really isn't right. But ultimately, listen, that's everything for today's podcast. It's a very, very disappointing defeat, one that will leave a bitter taste in Barcelona, uh, Barcelona fans' um, mouths. The third consecutive El Clasico loss now for Barcelona, as I said, the first time since the 1977-1978 season. So that's super, super... I mean, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but ultimately, that is the way it is, and we have to somehow... <laughs> Continue to support this team and march on with our head held high. On to the next one, eh? Um, And as I said, that Copa del Rey um, final that we have coming up next week is the biggest thing. Uh, It's it's a week uh, until that. It's next Saturday, 8.30 kickoff in uh, the UK. Um, it's at the Stadio Olimpico um, and yeah that is where Athletic Club will await us um, after they just lost 
uh, to to Real Sociedad um, in in the in the Copa del Rey, <laughs> the other Copa del Rey. Um, they're going to be fired up to, to come and, and beat us here. Um, and they already did it in the Supercopa de España. So it's time for us to get our revenge. We really need to win that game. It could be uh, the final turn in the La Liga season for Barcelona. But that is the game that awaits us next on Saturday, next Saturday. So until then, guys, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Make sure you head over to Instagram and follow at BarcaBaseOfficial. You'll find me there and we can interact. But until the next episode, I've been your host, Gabriel Rodriguez. I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.